0: So we've got LGBTQ, abortion, euthanasia and the environment. I think the concern is that while they are moral issues and while we should have a moral perspective and a moral stance on each of those issues, I think we should be wise enough to realise that they aren't the only issues that would be regarded as human rights issues. My desire for Christians as I've written this podcast series is not just fall into assuming that that's the only issues there are. Go deeper than that. Do your own research. Think through what other areas might there be human rights issues, and if so, what would Jesus have to say about them?
1: Welcome to the Christians in Culture podcast. Um, my name is James. I'm one of the young adults leaders at C3 Camden. And today we've got.
2: My name's Adam. I'm the Worship and Creative Department Leader at Picton, C3 Picton.
0: Hey, welcome everybody. My name is Rowan and I'm the lead pastor at C3 Picton and Camden. It's great to have you with us for this episode.
1: And um, straight off the bat, we just want to say thank you for those that have um, already been engaging uh, with the podcast. This is our first um, recording since that they've gone live that's right uh, so I just want to say thank you for the feedback uh, thank you for those that have been um, been listening and sharing and liking and rating and reviewing um, but yeah we just uh, encourage you to continue to do that if you can. Um, because just to get the word out there, especially uh, even if it's just those among the, um, our two uh, campuses, but then if beyond that, uh, just to be able to get people engaged um, with the topics that we're talking about um, and then hopefully be able to equip more people to be have some great conversations like we're having now. Um, so, yeah, For sure. We've actually... So, we're, we're about to record
0: a, a batch recording today, Jimmy, aren't we? So, uh, you're listening to episode eight, but uh, as we record this, I think we've released four episodes. So, yep. you guys are listening to this some weeks after we recorded it but uh, it's been great with people discussing it discussing these podcasts in in small group settings all sorts of stuff so thanks so much
2: i think that's one thing that this is really really good for it's good for starting conversation um i played our podcast in the police car while we were driving around and my with my colleague and and we had some really really robust conversation about some of the issues that we were talking about and one of the things that i heard from him was that this is actually real life stuff this is this applies to our life, all of our lives, whether we believe in Jesus Christ or not. The stuff that we're talking about affects us, and we need to be thinking through it. That's great, yeah. definitely, that's and that's
1: what we and that's what we want. Um, okay, so this one, session eight, um, or episode eight, season one, uh, the big issues. The We've titled this one issues. the big issues. Don't so don't, don't. get ready. To be offended? No, joking. I'm joking. Um, <laughs> oh, I <laughs> actually
0: think that there might be a few people who. Um, are, um,
1: no, but get ready to like we we be stretched. Yeah, to be looking at some of these things maybe not in the same way that you've always looked at them, Good. and that's that's what that's what this whole thing's about. So, yeah. uh, just as an introduction about this t- um, about this episode, um, and there's there's always ways that big social moral is- issues. Uh, that hit the political agenda in a society. Uh, In this episode, we want to touch on these a little bit. Uh, In particular, consider thoughtfully how Christians can respond to these in a manner that accurately reflects God's heart for the world. Yeah, true. So um, we won't have time to really have a massive... Theological debate, as much as we probably all love to have that on every single one of these. If we uh, touch on every one of
0: these issues, we would have to do a minimum of an episode. Minimum, probably a season on each episode. Yeah, so So that's true.
1: They are that's why this is called the big issues. So um, we're going to be at least touching on most of these uh, and being able just to just give an overview of that, but more talk about um, maybe the reasoning behind. the way that we should be looking at these issues and then engaging in conversations around right. these issues, rather than really diving into each one of these issues. Um, so, good. the big question we want to address, though, is how Christians should express those views in such a way that is most effective in bringing God's kingdom's principles and morality to the world. Yeah, mm. so that's sort what we're trying to do. Good framework. That's Jimmy. Good question. Uh, had some help there. Um, That was my note, did a very good job. (laughs) Uh, So in a nutshell either Adam or Rowan can start us off, Um, give us an overview of what you believe are the big issues of today um, and then what do you think is morally right or wrong about each Um, or can we even determine that for sure like what can we can nail them down.
0: Sure okay well how about I kick us off Adam Mm -hmm. and then uh, you can sort of finishes off if you like so yep. you, you added a few extra thoughts at the end there so i think when we talk to this issue uh these issues of morality um and political issues that that affect the political world as as morale, moral issues uh there are i think throughout time there are different ones that rise to the, the fore at different times and and i think my thoughts on this is it's important that we are aware enough that we only hear certain perspectives at certain times. So right now, for instance, if we in Australia were to say to the, across the spectrum of the Christian Church, for instance, if you were to aver- if you were to interview the average person in the pew, what are the big social issues? There's a good chance that that there would be probably three or four that would come to the surface so uh in more recent times for instance abortion would be at the surface a lot of people are very passionate about the abortion issue euthanasia is um is always there and thereabouts um it's probably interestingly enough it's not it's it's not super heavy in the agenda at the moment which is quite fascinating i think it will come back at times it has been in the past uh, lgbtq i that is uh, obviously a, a moral issue uh, that's that remains there and obviously with the israel Falau situation as well which we are going to devote an episode to uh, later on uh, as well so oftentimes they're there they're, they're the, the big ones i guess if at the moment even as i wrote this i would say that another one that has has elevated is the environment so uh, it's become a social issue, even since I wrote this, uh, this this podcast series some months ago. So we've got that, there we go, LGBTQ, abortion, euthanasia, and the environment to some degree. Now, I think the concern is that while they are moral issues, and while we, we should have a moral perspective and a moral stance on each of those issues, I think we should be wise enough to realise that they aren't the only issues that would be regarded as human rights issues or or moral issues for instance and so maybe we'll just i'll just list some others and then we'll come back and just touch on each one briefly so the matters of indigenous affairs you know in australia we've got indigenous issues uh in in china at the moment it was a four corners report recently about the i think i called them the urges but they're actually the uyghurs i think is how you pronounce it the uyghur muslims in the far northwest of china in the xinjiang province that's an indigenous matter to to that particular part of the world Uh, immigration policy is is a a human rights social justice issue economic policy how does it affect the uh, you know the rich and poor and the the allocation of uh, government finances we've mentioned environment climate change and so on Uh, disability is one that uh, you know someone mentioned that to me and i went absolutely that is that is a that is a human rights issue the disability sector mental health now adam you've mentioned mental health domestic violence substance abuse a lot of that Mm -hmm. is your frame of reference. So, how about you want to talk about that, and then I'll come back and yeah, touch definitely. on some of the others. Yeah, I think,
2: well, as a police officer, I deal with mental health and substance abuse and domestic violence on a daily basis. So, it is, oh, man, it is. It's a core business for for what we do as police. Mm. Um, now, I'll, I'll preface again: I don't speak for the New South Wales Police Force. I speak for myself, and I often look at the issues, and um, I look at all of these issues that we're talking about, and they're, they're matters of the heart, first and foremost, because out of, out of our hearts flow the issues of life, as the Bible says. And, you know, when, when we have damaged hearts we live out of that. And substance abuse is just self-medication medif- of a broken heart in my mind. And that substance abuse um, and broken heartedness leads into all kinds of sin. And when I, I often talk to my colleagues about this in the car, I'm like, if it wasn't for sin, this wouldn't be here. Right. We wouldn't have a job if it wasn't for sin. And when I look at Jesus' ministry here on the earth, he often didn't really have much to say about the specific issues, but he always had something to say about the heart and orderly worship. And I think as Christians, we need to always come to it as to, to treat the, the root cause of the problem, not the visible problem per se. I think if we can always come with love to, to introduce people to the Saviour, ultimately the other issues flow out of of a love for christ and worship for him mm. yep mm. so
0: the the issue of idolatry the issue of where we place where we center our heart what we worship with our heart is yep. is what leads to so much of this i remember hearing paul scanlon I think it was paul scanlon say one time that you know if you look around the world and look at how much of the economic structure of the world is based on sin mm. you know S- locks and security, and the list goes on. Medical services, the whole lot is based as a result of sin. The world would be a very different place, even economically, yeah. without that issue of the brokenness of the human heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So that's the excellent. Let me let me go back and just touch on these issues, and and uh, I'll speak. You you can't speak for the police. force. Well, I can speak for C three. I can speak for our movement. Yeah. I can't necessarily even speak for everybody in our movement, but um, but I'll speak i'll share what i believe and what 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 our movement would hold so let's talk lgbtq um i for instance we in that sense in that situation our movement holds to what we would regard as the uh, the traditional the historical view with regards to sexuality uh that that uh, marriage for instance is between a man and a woman Uh, but because we hold to that standard does not mean that uh, we ostracize anybody else where we do not believe in and i and other, lots of other people listening to this will have um, same-sex attracted gay family members. I do. And uh, to me, it's very important that we uh, we show the love of Christ and not the judgment of Christ. And we will talk that through. Um, accepting, loving, and especially as we'll talk shortly with regard to the fact that not everybody has a, uh, agreed or even des- desires to live by the standards or the, the level of morality. In, that even sounds judgmental say that. But the moral code that, that we might choose to live by. Uh, then there's the issue of Abortion. It, it, in my mind, that is a human rights issue. That, but I also understand that there are people who would disagree with that. So we would hold that uh, abortion is not uh, God's ideal plan. Uh, but we certainly, I'm not personally in favour of uh, of just holding a stance without thinking through the implications of how we how we hold a stance yep. and uh, how we av- can avoid becoming the judgmental, judgmental, critical Christians that people think we are. Mm. Uh, euthanasia for the same reason that i would hold to abortion i would hold to the sanctity of life we value the sanctity of life and we believe that god has given that therefore uh, i would not personally be in favor of euthanasia but i do understand the the implications the social implications the pain the hardship having you know nursed my brother and seen that the the depth of pain that someone like that was in as a young man before we passed away i understand the emotion beside that so these are probably issues i guess that would be considered quite strong Quite high on the social agenda mm. for many Christians today. But I do, I'm concerned that when we just take those as though they are the only ones, we don't think through the fact that there are human rights uh, and the dignity of human issues that are across the full spectrum. And I guess as you know, I guess in the leader of this podcast in that sense, my desire for Christians, my passion for Christians as I've written this podcast series, the notes at least, is that I would encourage you, if you're a Christian listening to this, to just not just fall into the rhetoric of only assuming that's the the only issues there are. Mm. Go deeper than that. Mm. Do your own research. Think through, well, what other areas... Might there be human rights issues? And if so, what would Jesus have to say about them? So for instance, Indigenous matters, which is a, is a very important topic, the dignity of the Indigenous people. I saw a Facebook social media Podcast, uh, social media post some time ago that was clear to me that the the person who'd written this had not really thought through the implications of what they were saying. They were having an opinion about the unity of our nation and so on. uh, But it was it blew up. Mm. the The comments blew up very rapidly on this on this post, and uh, and it unfortunately did not send the right message. Mm. It sent the wrong message to people, even. Other Christians were upset by it. They felt like it was naive, and I'd have to agree. I think to some degree, it was somewhat naive. I'm sure the intention was well, but uh, it doesn't breed well for the dignity of the indigenous people, and so that was uh, that was uh, an issue. Then we've got immigration policy, and uh, I think you'd think if you were looking at most of the Christian church in Australia that that uh, if you looked at the social media posts that came out of certainly the stuff I see, most most Christians would be very strong anti-immigration. And my thoughts on that would be, ask yourself, why are you anti-immigration? If you come to a reason, reasoned decision and you say, okay, I'm not I'm not pro-immigration, and this is why, from a biblical perspective, then then you're entitled to that opinion. But I suspect that a lot of people have bought into a rhetoric that is fear-based. Mm. And so it's this fear and concern that if we open up our doors to anybody, we're inviting terrorism in, we're inviting different cultures in, and so on. And, and yet, from a biblical perspective, I, I, I would certainly lean much more to the left than to the right on this immigration policy uh, because because I believe that uh, all people are desi- uh, deserve to be treated with dignity. And so that's where I stand. We, we won't talk at a great depth. You guys can jump in if you want to.
2: Yeah, I might speak to that quickly because I'm a first-generation Australian. So I, my dad was born in Holland. Right. And immigra- he was, my grandparents immigrated here when he was four years old. Uh, my mother-in-law is from Hong Kong. My... Father-in-law, maybe immigrated from you know Tasmania. Yes. yes. So <laughs> yeah, you need a passport to go there. Apparently, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we love Tasmania. I'm a Tasmanian. Everybody. You know, and so there's there's some diversity in there. Mm. Not to mention, I only found out recently that one of my ancient ancestors is a full-blooded Aboriginal person. Right. And yeah, how good is that? Like, yeah. so there's a melting pot of yeah all kinds of different cultures, mm. um, and ethnicities in my family alone and like if you guys know what i look like i'm the whitest guy you'll ever see right so if i how can i take a stance yeah. against immigration yeah how, how can most of us yes if we trace our lineage back most of us are immigrants yes. in yep. some way shape yeah. or form yeah given the fact that most of us came here on a boat yeah mm. yep yeah. absolutely
1: yeah yeah well, i'm pretty anglo my background's irish and english um, and I th- very pretty Anglo. much so I'm the standard Anglo, but I think that a lot of the time is that for immigration is the heart that we want to show as Christians to our neighbour, mm. and then who is our neighbour? That's right. That's, that's you know, right, Jim. And, and but then when it comes to people coming by boat, um, legally seeking asylum, we're like. No, you're yeah. a... a. I mean, we label them with all these things yes. that are incorrect. Yes. Like, Q-jumper. Well, no, they're not. They're, they're, that's stu- It's still legal it's for still them to seek asylum that's that right. way. Um, you know, and, and all these sorts of things. They're, like, And we label them boat people. We label them all these things to take away the human element of wow, who they are. Wow, that's a good thought. Right. And that, I think that's the thing. Take away the human we, element. We... As soon as we can take away that human element, well, we can sort of forget about, oh, well, who is our neighbor? Because the neighbor is... You know, you don't think about okay, who's my neighbour? I don't go, oh, it's the house next door; it's the people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then that. So as soon as you sort of take that human element off that and that late human label off someone, and give them another label, it's very easy for it to become um, a very different argument. And I think that's probably what's happened a lot um, in Christian circles when it comes to the discussion of immigration. It it stops becoming a human discussion and it becomes a discussion around rights and all this sort of thing and about how the process is done and everything else not about the actual people wow. and where they're coming from
0: mm. that folks is a mic drop you don't have to listen to anything else in this episode that yeah. is profound there That's we dehumanize awesome. and uh, and look we're not we're not presuming that it's easy we're not we're not presuming to be the ones to set immigration policy all, all we would encourage people to do is to think through these policies more than just what you read on social media yeah. actually think it through biblically and from a Christian perspective, and and it's a little bit cliche, and it's a little bit old fashioned, but but the what would Jesus do is mm. is worth considering Definitely. with these issues because because I don't often see the arguments that are anti-immigration really being anchored. I don't see I don't I've not yet think that I've seen them anchored in scripture or whatever. Um, you know, we've got major human rights issues in Syria. I mean, the biggest immigration crisis is happening on the syrian turkish border me mm. I, 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 it's well over a million refugees mm. i mean i can't even fathom what that must be like mm. uh then that ha- that has flow on effects and i know that the concern is the more you let into europe and the more you let into the united states the terrorism but this is this is probably worth just mentioning for a moment uh my stats may be out of date uh, i do recall hearing um i think it was pastor andy stanley talk about this issue some years ago so please take what I'm saying with a grain of salt but but he was explaining the statistics at the time of terrorism in the United States and uh, contrary to what we think, what the Americans would think, oh, you know, if we let in immigrants, we let in terrorists, the statistics are that virtually every st- every issue that had been done of domestic terrorism in the United States was not done through refugees. It was done through people coming into the country, or they were either radicalised in, in the United States, or they were coming into the country via student visas and so on. And if you think about it, from a... From a uh, Let's put yourself in the shoe of a terrorist, the shoes of a terrorist that wanted to do something in the United States, for instance. You're not going to sit in a tent on the Turkish border with a chance. That it's only a very small, it's like less than one percent of of people, or something a very small percentage, are actually coming in through those means. Most yeah. are staying there if you've got the ability to educate and come into the country through other means, you're going to take that. Yeah, it, so, so that was the, it was Andy Stanley saying that some years ago, but it, it stuck with me, even though it's outdated. And I think it's worth considering because it all comes back to what is our reason? Is it fear-based? Mm. And uh, I guess that kind of leads into what I wanted to say about um, about the climate change and environment as well. There's a lot of intense argument on both sides of this equation around climate change right now and i want to say right off the bat i'm to model what i've been sharing and say i do not feel i'm qualified to give a robust opinion on whether climate change is always in happening now as i say that i'm fully aware that there'll be people who are pro-climate change and people who are anti the climate change argument who will both think i'm an idiot i get that um, and if you feel that you've done your research and you agree, mm. that's fine. I personally do not feel like I've done enough research. I see what I would consider very well-respected scientists who uh, are showing the 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 um, aging, you know, the the warming of the earth. That's the word I'm after, the warming of the earth. But I also see the odd post come up from an ANU or CSIRO scientist who's anti-climate change, and so. I feel like I haven't put the time in to be able to go. Well, who do I believe on this? And straight away, those who are anti-climate change will say, "Well, it's a great conspiracy," and they'll tell me you shouldn't be listening to all those scientists. They're finding the people to do that. And the people who are very pro-climate change will say we shouldn't be listening to those crazy few that say it's not. I I don't I don't feel like I'm qualified to talk about it. Um, my Christian perspective, to come back to it, is which I guess concerns me, guys, is that I see people uh, who the anti-climate change just want to throw. Stats around to prove that the world, the world isn't um, growing and to say, hey, don't live, the world isn't warming, excuse me, the world isn't warming, and to say, uh, you know, don't be motivated by fear. Hmm. Then on the pro-climate change, we see all the other stuff uh, around proof that the world is warming and that, you know, we only have 40 years left and all that sort of stuff. And you know, I've been, I'm 47 now. I've lived through my fair share of end-of-the-world scenarios. Hmm. Uh, so I'm not going to fall into fear in that perspective either but as a christian i am personally becoming increasingly aware as my theology is changing that heaven is not christian life is not just about going to heaven when i die and this world is going to just roll up and be burned up so let's not worry let's just trash this world because it's all going to go away anyway Mm -hmm. i'm becoming increasingly aware that part of true humanity and god's intention is to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth and therefore to steward the world well Mm. so i guess my concern for maybe some of the the right-wing christians that are taking a very anti-climate change perspective is are they making any effort to actually steward the earth well or are they using that as an excuse to just carry on and burn the fossil fuels and do all those things Mm -hmm. however they were because surely i think maybe even simple choices like plastic bags and things like that they're to me that's just a stewardship issue and if christians we want to steward the earth well this is one way we can do that yeah without buying into the fear rhetoric we can still represent christ well on the earth what do you guys yeah. think on that
2: yeah i think you you need to be informed before you can post any kind of opinion um because ultimately if you're not you make yourself look foolish right um and i'm by certain i'm, I'm certainly not an expert in climate change i'm I've spent the majority of my life studying the Bible and studying music. So I will talk about that until I'm blue in the face you and know I those feel things. like I have an opinion. <laughs> and I feel like I'm educated enough to, to talk about that. Yep. Um and, and that's okay. That's and, and I will happily getting into a discussion with people about climate change, but I will ask so many more questions than the I will post opinion. opinion. Answers, because yeah. I mean. I'm I'm a learner. I love mm-hmm. to learn mm-hmm. and I can learn from so many people. I love like this week we we posted what Barack Obama had to say about some activism yes and social media activism. social media activism. check out our facebook page yeah and we kind of covered this in the first episode that and i said that you can't just drop the mic you always have to be willing to enter into a debate yeah mm. um, and debates when you if you've done any kind of debating you understand that there are rules to debates and one of the cre- one of the key elements or the key rules is respect mm. we always have to come to that argument with honor and respect And that's something that i'm not seeing happening very very well there's so much hate there's so much angst there's so much trying to pull people down um, as opposed to celebrating some of the research that that's been going on um you know every now and then you see something that's quite funny I, i found it really funny when the climate change activists um had a really really big hot air balloon full of carbon that was um saying save the climate we need to think through our decisions in in relation to that. But I love what Barack was saying in the fact that um, activism is not activism unless you're actually actively doing something you need to be doing, even if it's a small thing, like you're saying to practice what you're preaching. It's
0: very easy to sit back, say a piece and assume that you've done your part for the world Mm. or or what on either side, whatever you sit on this thing, but that's not really humanity bringing, And representing Christ and bringing heaven to earth, is it? No, no, that's right. Unless we do something with it. And I guess that's what we're talking about is how do we do something with it? I've got some stuff stirring in my heart for our church for next year around what it means to bring God's kingdom to earth. Jesus says, pray your kingdom come. And, and uh, how do we do that in a way that will bring social justice, bring justice to the world, but but breed, breed love and do it within the context where people can get fired up about these issues and feel called by God to make a difference in the world, but do it in a way that is actually bringing the kingdom into people's lives, not just changing or yeah. seeking to change yeah. morality. So sure, we'll be talking yeah. more
1: about that next year, but it's a good thought. Jimmy, you got any thoughts? Um well, my think like I've, I did a subject as part of my um, degree, um, was God, creation, and ecology, mm-hmm. um, and I still remember bits and pieces of that that sort of stuck out when it talked about the idea of environment, but it was more talking about that um, it's something that the Christian Church doesn't um, explain, study, or teach about very well or often enough. Like the whole of Genesis is just all about creation yes, and all about how we are meant to live with creation and we just don't really ever talk about it. Uh, and I think that's where I think a lot of people can always f- um, maybe stumble a little bit more because if you don't understand how rooted that is in Scripture mm. is that you can easily just... Um, not either either think it's important to have an opinion on it or to research it um, or just to jump on one side or the other um, because it's just another topic that you can sort of talk about because um, I know it, like I know that there's probably a lot more that I need to to study about it uh, in our current context, but for me, I always come back to the fact that as both of you have sort of shared is that, um, as a Christian we are called to steward steward the earth um, we are called to um, look after creation um, this is God this is part of God's creation we are like you know we are God's creation but so is the so is the world um, we need to be looking after it uh, and what's the best way to do that um, is um, deforestation is um, you know the amount of Um, single-use items that we use, the amount of things that um, we're not looking into, renewables enough, all that sort of thing. Um, They're all things that we should be, as Christians, engaging in and finding out, okay, where do I feel as though that I stand with this? Great. Um, You might end up in the same spot. That's okay. Mm. But you need to at least be able to gauge that conversation so as we've talked about with other things in previous episodes... If someone asks you about your opinion, why you hold that stance, you have some understanding of why you do that, why you hold that stance. Um, It could be very basic and it could be something that you say, I'm still looking into, um, as everything everything is a continual um, learning process. process. But I think that's where, um, as Christians, we should be looking at, particularly when we're looking at some of these big issues. Um, but I encourage, especially with like say environment, um, that's something we should do because that's something that I know that I need to continue to do, um, because I, you know, I have certain views and I, I know which way I lean. But um, I think that, as a whole, I know that I could be doing better, and I think that as a church, we could be doing better with talking about the environment a lot more
2: good thoughts jimmy i think a question that we always need to ask ourselves is what can i do yeah what can i do and the attitude that we need to come to the environment with is not one of fear Mm. it's one of worship Mm. because god has given us this great thing and and we are to out of obedience look after it yeah And I I think about Abraham and when God said to Abraham, you're going to be a father of many nations, that caused Abraham's vision to go so far into the future Mm. because it takes a long time to make many nations. Mm, And we need to also have that mindset that there is a future, that we are not the center of the universe. Mm -hmm. And so it's not about what can we get? It's like, how can we, how can we steward? And stewardship is an ongoing process. Like you're saying, just like learning. Yeah. great thoughts just before
0: you go on to the next bit i want to tie a thought in pick up what you guys were saying and and what i was saying before that uh when it comes to these big social issues and there will be others that that some of you will identify that we haven't listed in here in the the list that we put together i'm feeling like for me personally as i develop and head into i feel like i'm heading into a new season of my own spirituality and my own christian journey and um, i'm getting increasingly aware that at least for this next season, the primary calling on my life is to equip people to fulfill their calling on their lives. Uh, That is my biggest passion. And so with any of these social issues, moral issues that we're talking about here, I personally would like to know a little bit about all of them, but I don't feel called to engage in any specific one and some people will disagree with me there but i i feel like if i could inspire you as your listeners and especially those of you who are in our church i I can't talk for you if you're in another church but if i could inspire you to hear from god and and seek god like jimmy was saying on what what might god be saying to you and and be willing to learn and be stirred allow the holy spirit to disturb you with a discontent because if as christians we are called to bring the heaven bring heaven to earth there is an area of injustice there, whether it's a human rights injustice, an environmental issue, an economic issue. Yep. There is an area of injustice that I believe God can put upon our hearts, and we have some wonderful people in our congregation who do this. Uh, uh, you know, massive shout out to say Marie Irving, who who is passionate about helping in Africa and 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 helping with economic yep. injustice in Africa and helping, and she's doing in in her eighties is doing phenomenal work, living three months a year in Africa, uh, doing phenomenal work, helping and bringing people out of poverty to me that is someone who has taken an issue and gone i can do something about this and Mm. she's not waving her flag she's not saying everyone has to do what i do but if i can inspire you to allow over the course of the next little while as you listen to this and forward onwards say god what is it that you have for me as a believer and then my passion as a pastor is to help you and equip you Mm. to be able to take this and do it and bring justice, bring bring God's kingdom to earth mm. in a way that will have the result of bringing people into relationship with Christ and, mm. and magnifying the dignity of humanity yeah. and our role on this mm. earth. And I believe you can do that without uh, having to enter into uh, fights yeah. and disagreements at Opposite ends of the spectrum, and placard waving across one side of the street and the other. There, I believe there are ways to do this, and so we'll talk some more about that. So that's kind of where we're going with the whole issue of of the big issues. I want to inspire every person. Say, Lord, what is it? What is it in me? What have you got for me in this area? Yeah.
1: So, just to move forward into this next section, um, we're just going to assume that the majority of the podcasts, uh, the people listening to this podcast, um, are in. Some sort of agreement, sure. Uh, in the positions that we've taken, um, so we're not going to dive in both sides. We just sort of gonna assume that everyone's sort of in some sort of agreement. So the question: What would you have to say to them about how to effectively represent Christ in these matters?
2: Sure, mm. love love others as yourself think about yourself and how you feel when you're in an argument with someone mm. and they're flaming on you and not listening to your opinion and not giving you the time of day to have your say how does that feel because when we can when we take stock of that we're able to um mold our behavior and, and the way we speak and the way we Um, interact with people because ultimately we we can't control what other people do, but we can control how we respond. Um, It's much better to respond than it is to react because responsiveness is from a place of thoughtfulness where reaction is a place of emotion. Great thought. So we need to really, when when the Apostle Paul tells us to take every thought captive, we also need to do that with our words. Um, so, yeah, I really want to encourage that. Love. Yeah. Great thought.
0: Well, that's, I think, what Paul is talking about in 1 Corinthians. This is one of the v- passages I go to regularly on this topic. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, Paul's addressing a crisis in the church where obviously there was some form of what would be regarded as immorality uh, in the church and we can apply it in this case it's it's talking about sexual immorality but it could be applied to any area where there's a, a difference in moral standard and here's what paul says in first corinthians 5 he's referring to uh, a previous time he wrote to them we, we don't have this previous letter he's when i wrote to you previously when i wrote to you before i told you not to associate with people who indulge in sexual sin Now, we don't know what they did with that, but it seems they misunderstood Paul's reasoning. Maybe he didn't make himself clear. He goes on in verse 10, he says, But I wasn't talking about unbelievers who indulge in sexual sin or are greedy or cheat people or worship idols. You would have to leave this world to avoid people like that. I meant that you're not to associate with anyone who claims to be a believer yet indulges in sexual sin or is greedy or worships idols or is abusive or a drunkard or cheats people. Don't even eat with people like that. It isn't my responsibility to judge outsiders, verse 12, but it's certainly your responsibility to judge those inside the church. God will judge those outside. But as the Scriptures say, you must remove the evil person from among you. There's so much we could preach and teach on this, but I think picking up what you said, Adam, I think the first point I would make is let's focus on those that are outside the church. I think we might just park the inside church conversation. We'll see how we go, but it's, it's a different issue. But I think sometimes Christians judge those outside the church like they're inside the church. And they're not. And Paul makes it very clear. Hey, you'd have to leave the world if you're going to be like that. Well, that's the ghetto mentality we've been talking about. You'd have to you'd have to lock yourself down. And we can't do that. We, we can't fulfill, effectively fulfill the mandate of Christ and judge those outside the church. We'd have to remove ourselves from them. And Paul says, don't do that. Jesus says, be in the world and not of the world. People who have not signed up to live by a moral code that we have signed up to live by when we identify as christians we cannot expect them to live by that moral code it's violating their free will to do so so paul's point is hey guys let christ change people those outside the church hang out with them love them love on them let them know that you care about them, believe in them. And in doing so, build a relationship to the point where you can introduce them to Christ yeah. rather than trying to change their moral standard. I don't know if you guys read that the way I do, but but that's that's what I think Paul's getting at.
1: Yeah, definitely. And like I think, like Adam, I think you've, you do this really well, like from the, you know, just from having conversations with you about this, this sort of stuff and then also, you know, occasionally post up a couple of things about, you know, hanging out with with you know with a bunch of guys and just spending time with them and just loving on them and i think a lot of the time is that um we're not doing that we're not spending time with people we're not um being a loving example of christ to them we're on the other side and you know maybe being a bit too judgy or we're condemning them for what they do or we're going along to that party Uh, and being, okay, well, I'm not going to drink. I'm just going to stand over the side and then just, you know, make judgments about all these people that are drinking too much. Um, But then, you know, especially those ones that have just started coming to church or something like that. Like you just, Mm. you know, we, we, the whole point is that we're meant to be, we're meant to be about loving people. We're meant to be about um, keeping the standards of those who, are identifying themselves as disciples of Christ to hold to a certain level because that's what we're signed up to. We're, we're going to fall short of that, but we, we're we striving to to continue to grow and to continue to be the best that we can be. More like Christ. More yeah, like Christ. Yeah. And we're, you, to the image you know, of people Christ, the outside doesn't. the church, people who have just entered into people who are still trying to figure out who God is and who Jesus is and who the Holy Spirit is and how they actually come together and have no idea... They're, we can't expect them. They haven't signed up for this. They are still learning and growing. Yeah. They, we we shouldn't be holding them to the same level as someone who's grown up in the church and been a Christian for fifty years, for sure. or you know, thirty years, or twenty years, or ten years. they you know, we've got to make sure that we are being um, we are not creating stumbling blocks. We're not creating barriers for them through our actions and through our words and our judgment. Yeah,
2: I I know that. Discipleship is the, is the thing that I'm tr- I'm trying to figure out in in my life, how to be a disciple mm-hmm. and how to teach others to be disciples. That's the that is the thing. And I'm I was going through like the account of when Jesus called the disciples, and I think was it Andrew that went and found his brother. Yep, Andrew went and found yeah Philip. No, sorry,
0: Andrew. Went and found Philip. It wasn't his brother, I think, but yeah.
2: Yeah, and and he says we found the Messiah. Mm-hmm and the next thing is the pivotal thing for d- for people who want to make disciples he said come, come and, and see. see great thought and it's like that is our job we, we are to bring people to jesus wow. to, to show people who jesus is yeah how to be like jesus what jesus's motives and and and, and the way he responded to mm. people we don't see jesus that there's i think only one time we see jesus respond out of any kind of anger it's righteous anger and it's mm. when he goes in and he he you know, overturns temple, the tables the tables temple. and every other the lips way is in compassion yeah. and in love he weeps for people that mm. it's it's chalk and cheese it's it is completely juxtaposition to what we're seeing on social media yeah response is compassion love, and love and ultimately bringing people to jesus mm. to let him transform them mm.
0: And that, folks, is mic drop number two for today's episode. I'm running behind the eight ball with these two gentlemen. <laughs> that is brilliant. Uh, that's true. I think most people outside, we've got to reach, how did you say, we've got to come and see, come introduce and see. them yeah. to Christ rather than address morality for the sake of morality. Yes. That's right. Uh, we've said this before, but I, I love what Preston Spring- Sprinkle says. We said it in an earlier episode, if we get the Bible right and love wrong, we're wrong Mm -hmm. which is so vital to the culture of what we are putting across in this podcast we are wanting at least our perspective if you know nothing else you know that is our perspective is that we are wanting to find a way to effectively maintain our beliefs and moral standards in a way that actually makes christ appealing Mm. to other people rather Mm -hmm. than turns people away from christ
2: and if you want a tweetable our job is to is not to Treat people's behaviour, but to introduce them to the saviour.
1: That's right. Oh, that right. It even rhymes. Yeah. Treat people's <laughs> behaviour,
0: just, yeah. but introduce them yeah. to the saviour. Wow, nice. True. <laughs> you like that one, Sorry. Jimmy? Yeah. Uh,
2: just it's it's bad, but it's a bit so good. It's, it's the, the songwriter just, in me. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> this is true.
1: Um, so I uh, suppose. is there any yeah, we can move on a little bit from that. So like. Is there anything else that we want to talk about? Even coming off that, that passage, is there anything else that we want to share that we haven't sort of shared about that? Um, I know that there's something in your notes, which I know that we've spoken about that we're going to always come to. Oh, we will come back to that. So we'll come back to As that. As we close up, I think. Yeah.
0: Um, I think, you know, he said we, we talk about the, the concept of what the Apostle Paul was meaning when he said, do we judge those inside the church? Let's, let's just go there for a second. Are we actually prepared, we were discussing how how we would say this graciously and lovingly. And he, here's, where, here's where we sit on that. Uh, I think we need to determine what what does it mean when Paul says judge those inside the church? Does that mean that uh, everybody who walks in the door of our building and sits on a chair is, quote, inside the church? Mm. And I think in order to be able to—well, let me say right off the bat, I don't feel that that is necessarily what Paul is Mm. addressing here. Paul was specifically addressing an issue that was taking place in the church at Corinth, which seemed to be— uh, where there was an issue of immorality, a willful ongoing immorality that was affecting the the moral standard of everybody in that church, and they had some flawed theology themselves around what was appropriate and what was allowed, and as a result of that, the Christ was not being well represented to the world around them. So Paul's concern seems to be not with it's more about how the church is losing its effectiveness at being able to reach the world that they're called to reach so a person who is inside the church i think we need to be looking at that and going well if we we have to create space for people as uh, you said this i think adam we have to create space and time for people to be yeah. on a journey to be conformed to the image of christ if, if a person walks in the door and they are they are living in an area, or li- uh, 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 an area of their life, is not in line with maybe the moral standard that we believe is best for them. Even we have to ask ourselves, how do we effectively help that person? If we are concerned that oh they're going to corrupt our church or they're going to corrupt my kids, let me tell you, folks, that is the wrong reason to do anything. That is selfish. That is fear-based. Far better to teach your Christian kids how to love them and embrace. And bring them into a relationship with Christ, then be afraid that somehow some people who you deem to be sinners. I'm talking, be fired up about this because I've experienced this in ministry over the years. If you just come at it from that perspective, you're fear based, unloving, to be honest. And so I would be encouraging the opposite train the church how to reach people lovingly and effectively, mm-hmm. remembering that we are all on a journey, we all fail at these areas, none of us are perfect. We all have moral cons- moral areas that we haven't sorted out yet, and then graciously and lovingly, with the help of Christ, over time, we expect that as people build their relationship with Jesus and He deals with people's hearts and they come into relationship with with Christ, then we might be in a position to be able to have the conversations and say, "Hey, you know, let's talk about this. Is this the best thing for you?" And this, and then begin to lovingly show them the truth. Mm. Uh, it's messy. Grace. We've talked about this before. Grace. And truth is messy figuring out what that looks like. But I think an underlying motive should always be are we going to draw this person in closer to Christ or push them further away? And if we start Mm -hmm. judging their behaviors, whether they're sexual behaviors, uh, financial behaviors, uh, (laughs) moral behaviors, eating behaviors, spiritual behaviors, whatever, if we start judging those things, and it's p- and if the people feel judged. They're just gonna they're gonna walk mm. away, and we're gonna lose any opportunity to talk to them.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think Paul Paul says to beware of wolves in sheep's clothing, um, and what I want to draw from that is yes, there's going to be some wolves in the church, right? There's going to be those people that need to be dealt with very sternly. Um, but Paul also prescribes a way in which that should happen um, in relation to you know church discipline and for most of us in church i need you guys to hear that the like the job of disciplining that wolf or shooting that wolf you know when we look at the story of david he he killed a bear he killed a lion this was all to protect the sheep Mm -hmm. it's not the job of the sheep to kill the wolves it's the job of the shepherd and god has placed shepherds in every church, being our senior pastors, they have been given the authority and the responsibility to carry out that work. So there is a way in which we can lovingly take that issue to our
0: leaders. I might add it's one of the the, the most painful
2: parts of my job, but I've ha- I have had to do it at times. Mm. Yeah, I'm sure you have. Yeah. And, anyone who aspires to leadership needs to know that there, there is a great responsibility that comes with caring for the sheep. And, yeah. But uh, us sheep, we need to remember that we've got shepherds and we can go to them Good and then thing. they can deal yeah. with that.
1: Definitely. Um, I spe- the only thing I, s- I, suppose I want to touch on that, talk about, is that, um, and it's a big passion of mine because I think so often we forget, is that, well, one in the original Greek, it doesn't actually say to those outside or the church or inside the church. It says those that are outside or outsiders. Um, so in the in like in the in the Greek, uh, so it's it's more uh, what for is it to me to judge those outside? Now it's the reason it uses that language. It doesn't even say it's it's about outside this group of people. Wow! It's not about yeah. outside like we always go outside the church. So that may you know if someone comes and sits down in a pew then they're inside, they're the, inside church. the church yeah. it's not it's about this group of people uh, that are coming together wow, really to to do something mm. to to follow and to learn and to worship Jesus yeah and i think that's what we always forget is that we're constantly thinking okay anyone who comes inside this building and we reference something like this passage, and there, and there's plenty of other passages which talk about those who are inside the church and outside the church. It's you know the or if it uses the word ecclesia, um, which is you know is a group set apart. Yes. It's not a it's not a place where people come together. It's not a temple. It's not the same word used for that type of thing. It's a, it's about a label for a group of people, which is the church. Yep. And I think that's what we forget mm. more often than not is that so, and. I suppose the hard thing will be is when do you classify someone as being inside when, or outside? At what point do they become that inside. group of people? Yes, but at the same time, I think it's not hard. It's it's about bringing the love of Jesus and the compassion for people, and about we're not here to judge. Mm. We, you know, that whole plank eye thing mm. about you know don't look at the speck in someone else's eye, and you know when you got a you know a log in your own. Um, we are called to go and. Go, hey, like you're, you know, you're new here, you know, you, sh- you know, this place is amazing, you know, yeah. like you know, and we're just glad you're here, you know, we love you, yeah, that's that's what it's about. It's not about, you know, oh, so you, you know, work in, you know, some strange industry or something like that. That, you know, that's a little bit of moral. You work in the gambling industry, oh, like you, you know, you service, you know. Um, poker machines oh you know that's like you know that ruins people's lives that's wrong mm. like things like that like you it's not about that it's about that's their decision to make mm. that's for the, for the jesus Great to work thought. on them that's right it's not f- it's not yeah. for us to then tell them that they're yeah. doing wrong and then well yeah. where what we've got to do is be um like you know john the baptist was like you know when they're calling out like you know no he sees jesus on the other side and he's just like no 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 no, don't worship me. I'm not the Messiah. Yeah. He's the one. That's right. Mate. Follow him. Yeah. Don't follow me. I'm I was way I was preparing a way for that guy. Yeah, great thought. Jim. And yeah. I think that's what we're meant we're meant to be John the Baptist. All of us are meant to be John the Baptist. <sighs> we are preparing the way for Jesus and go, that's the guy. That's awesome. Follow him. Brilliant. And I think that we if we keep that sort of mentality in mind, it's about a, it's a group of people you know? Representing God. Representing God. Yeah. Representing Christ. Yeah. What
2: you're saying, Atsiani, for yeah. us, because it it's not just people that are non-Christians. It's the church down the road as well. Mm. The way they worship. Yeah. It, it's, you know, it's not speaking evil of another church. Yeah. Because they speaking tongues or they believe a certain thing about something that we would call an open-handed issue. Something that doesn't mm. pertain to our actual salvation. Yeah it's just a style it's a it's Mm. a it's the way they express themselves so I guess as we close
0: it's worth thinking and doing your own study on 1 Corinthians 5 that passage I've just read. Look at the context of what was going on. Paul said the context was that basically a guy was in an incestual relationship with his stepmother. It seems like that was the issue, right? And he's saying, look, this is so abhorrent that even in the relative to the society around you, which is morally depraved, yeah. this is a, a different. He says yeah. this is a step further than that. He says that this doesn't even happen among pagans. Mm-hmm. So we are talking about a significant repeated high-level moral tra- trespass here, mm. which was clearly infiltrating the church because it got to the point where the church was starting to have their doctrine changed. The problem, I think, is that we are taking that, that sort of concept and applying it across the board to, like you mm. said, mm. whether people work in a club where poker machines are. Mm. That, is a, that is not what Paul's talking mm. about here. So let's just put things in our context and let's represent Christ well to the world
1: mm. yeah. around yeah. us. Um I think it might be good to do we want to uh touch on those three points that we've spoken about a few times to Very sort of quickly. finish off. Very quickly. Um so um I'm sure we'll do it again before yeah, this podcast you know, series yeah, is out. And uh and and it's in bold for a reason, that's because it's important to mention. Uh so the the three responses of rail against, um to you know, just to fight against something, to bunker down um, so just to go, no, nah, I'm going to pull myself away. I'm going to stick my head in the sand, live in a um, ghetto, yep. live in a ghetto, find a monastery somewhere on the top of a hill, um, and just pull yourself away. Or you've got the middle ground, um, which is the, the messiest of the, of them all because, um, yeah, everything's all around you. You're in the middle of it, yep. but that's the way, the way that we should be doing so. Um, I think that's important like, yeah. and I think that's, that's why it's going to be mentioned a few times and I think that it's a great way to be thinking about all of these issues is to be, you know, finding that middle ground. Find that
0: middle ground. We would encourage people to find the way to be uh, in the middle. The Way of the Exile video, we may have mentioned this previously, the Way of the Exile Bible College, uh, Bible Project video mm. is is clear and succinct explanation of this, the way of Daniel and how he did that in exile finding that middle ground in the middle of the mess with a mixture of loyalty and subversion. So uh, a way to engage effectively, but there are times where we'll go, you know, that's our standard, but we do it honouring, we do it lovingly. We don't do it from the rail against complaining and whinging and saying how the world is so bad and we don't do it from the perspective of pulling ourselves out. There is a middle ground, folks, and uh, we would encourage you to find that.
1: All right, so I think that wraps up this episode. Um, Thanks for coming along, guys, and being a part of uh, this discussion. Uh, so just want to say if you haven't already if you can um, jump on to so we're on iTunes uh, and we're also on Podbean and we're on Spotify as well Uh, so if you want to jump on any of those platforms however you listen and however you find us if you could just um, rate um, review and subscribe and share uh, if you find this content helpful uh, and you think it might be uh, helpful for those people that you're doing life with Just to be have to start conversation, even just to jump on uh, and do that, uh, that we'll be really grateful. Uh, And then, you know, feel free to interact, we keep an eye on you know, comments and all that sort of stuff. So, if you've got any questions or any comments about what we're sharing and talking about, yeah, chuck them on there. Yeah, definitely. Or if you know who we are, come and speak to us as well. We're more than happy to have a chat as well. Um, But yeah, so thanks for listening, guys, and uh, we'll see you next episode. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, guys.